the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Today's podcast is on common fractures of the foot, and I'd like to welcome Dr. Nick Viennes to our podcast. Welcome, doctor. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So just a, a brief background. It's it's pretty easy. You did everything at Duke. <laughs> I did, except for fellowship. I did go away for that. I went to um, to Vail, Colorado, and uh, worked there at the Stedman Clinic. Right, right. Fellowship trained in foot and ankle. What led you to orthopedics? I really liked how it focused really on trying to make people's quality of life better. Um, and patients really felt like you did something for them typically, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you help them with their broken leg or you helped them deal with the fact that, you know, their knee or their hip or their foot just didn't work like it used to. And they couldn't do the things they used to be able to do. And you help kind of get them back to those, those things, um, like the variety of it too. And, um, and, you know, definitely like the surgical aspect so okay awesome although most of what i do is non-surgical really as you compare i know i know um well uh today i was hoping we could talk about common fractures of the foot and i realized there are you know we could do a podcast on just one specific fracture um so we're going to cover a lot of ground but i i like to just get some basic information on different foot fractures for our listeners and help them maybe uh, develop a more accurate differential diagnosis. Um, Perfect. So, so yeah, I was thinking about if we broke it down into areas or zones, if you will, uh, hind foot, midfoot, and forefoot. Um, from a bony standpoint, if we started at the back, uh, I think calcaneus and talus. Is that yep. that what you would say? What agree? What kind of mechanism of injury would someone have to have a fracture of the calcaneus or the talus? Um, oftentimes, it'll be a um, like axial load so falling from a height um, or stepping in a hole at some with some sort of force um, although a um, twisting mechanism definitely can cause um, a fracture of the talus or the uh, calcaneus although it tends to be a little different um, type of fracture than what, what people are typically thinking of um, which is one of the important reasons to really have a podcast like this, because if you don't know to look for it, you won't ever see it. So, um, you know, one of the common um, sort of missed fractures um, that can happen at least uh, alongside an ankle sprain or be misdiagnosed as an ankle sprain are, are these fractures of the talus and the calcaneus um, specifically uh, for example, the lateral process of the talus or the anterior process of the calcaneus um, can happen and, and, and people can present as an ankle sprain, you know, the twisting injury and, um, and they had pain and, and uh, they may or may not have, quote, negative x-rays um, and they actually have a fracture. Um, but again, that can happen with an ankle sprain, so with a ligament tear and uh you can have a fracture, um, and it's important to know to look for it 
and even if you don't see it on an x-ray where the radiology report comes back and says it's not there it doesn't really mean it's not there um, you know often you only can see these with an mri or possibly a ct which i'm sure we'll probably end up talking about later right absolutely you know um so i i don't really want to call these red herrings because i know they do happen fairly often but would you expect anything different on the physical exam, uh, say with the anterior process, uh, calcaneus fracture or the lateral process of the talus? Yeah, oh, they might just hurt a little bit, you know, so they, they don't just hurt on the on the anterior lateral ankle ligaments. Um, they they hurt more on the bone, uh, which, you know, sounds obvious, but sometimes people just push on the ankle ligaments or, or just uh, take someone's word for it and says, well, it hurts in my ankle. And, and it's like, well, where in the ankle? And, and, you know, the biggest thing with foot and ankle exam is often just really pinpointing where exactly it hurts. And it's as simple as just palpating. You know, you just kind of go slowly and, and just know your, know your anatomy. And it's not that big of a space to have to know it. And it's a fairly all peripheral, you know, so you can feel a lot of things if you just push around even on your own foot. Um, so, you know, if they hurt a little more anterior, a little more distal in the foot um, and hurt on the calcaneus, you know, often, again, on yourself, you can feel a little prominence there. Or if they're hurting a little bit lower down on the bone, um, you know, the talus, uh, you know, another fracture that can happen of the talus that we didn't mention yet would just be, would be like an osteochondral fracture of the talus, um, meaning, you know, they broke the joint. So. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as an avulsion fracture from the Taylor Dome. I've had that sent to me a couple times from outside urgent cares, and, and they're like, "Oh, there's a little avulsion there because you can see a little, a little fleck of bone on the on the AP view or mortise view of the ankle." And it's like, "No, that there's no there's no ligaments that attach to the joint surface, right, of the talus." So that means they broke the joint, they broke the cartilage, and that's something you want to deal with sooner than later too, because. You know, that means it'd be a loose fragment or often those pieces are a lot bigger than you think. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you see a big chunk of bone off the joint surface, I mean, that's more of an urgent thing. It's certainly not emergent, but something you want to get seen. Um, and, th and that being said, no, that's different from a little avulsion from like the Taylor uh, head sort of near the navicular that you'd see on a lateral view. And, and again, same kind of mechanism you know, either axial load, a twisting mechanism, or sometimes in those, it's a um, hyper plantar flexion injury, and it sort of pops off part of the capsule from that mm -hmm. uh, dorsal talus. And, and those are pretty benign injuries, and you might put somebody into a boot for a couple weeks until they feel better, but that's a whole lot different than a, quote, Taylor neck fracture or even a uh, lateral process or anterior process of the calcaneus fracture, which you might want to be a little more aggressive about just because they can go on to be a chronic um, source of pain for patients. I have seen those anterior capsular avulsion fractures before and, you know, people, uh, primary care get excited about it and send them over. But right. yeah. So. Yeah. Those are pretty, pretty unremarkable things. Every once in a while I have seen um, once or twice out of the, I don't even know how many I've seen of those Taylor avulsions, probably a hundred or more, um, where somebody really knocks off a decent chunk. Uh, and, and that's different. That's a different ball game where if you really are getting into the joint surface and you pop up the dorsal part of the Taylor head off, um, 
yes, technically it's probably a bit of an avulsion, but that's again a different thing, and that that should get dealt with. Same thing with the navicular. Well, it's right there. I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but it's the same joint. You know, those naviculars can have an avulsion off of them, and that's not a big deal. But if you're talking about really more into the joint surface um, and the, the substance of the joint, that's again different, a different animal. Are there any special x-ray projections other than the weight-bearing x-rays that you do for affected structures? And uh, the other part of that is, um, you know, MRI, CT, or does it just depend on what you're looking for? Yeah, so um, the, the answer to that is yes. I mean, there's definitely special views um, as far as the general orthopedist or urgent care setting, um, I wouldn't really stress about that, honestly, um, too much. Mm -hmm. You can get Harris heel views or there's various views of the talus, which I won't even get into really, because I think most radiology techs aren't going to know how to take it right anyway. Mm -hmm. And if somebody really needs that view, they probably need to see an orthopedic foot and ankle person anyway. Okay. People are probably more like bang for your buck and recognizing something isn't right, and then then in getting the special views of the talus, looking at a talus, you know, Taylor body fracture or something like that. A lot of those views are really best used anyway in the OR for for doing reductions and checking reductions of the subtalar joint and things like that. But again, um, often these patients, you, you you're going to need advanced imaging. So if you have an obvious fracture that um, that you're worried about there may be additional fractures or you're thinking that this is definitely going to need surgery or just, you know, you can tell there's something not right. Often a CT scan will be helpful for the, uh, when you're making the referral um, to the uh, foot and ankle or, or uh, whoever you're sending it to, orthopedic doctor. Um, now on the other side of that, and, and this is, sort of general orthopedic principles uh, it applies in the hand i know really probably a lot of a lot of uh the joints is if you know there's a break then ct is often the way you're going to want to go if you're worried that there might be a break um that you just can't see an mri can help a lot with that because if you end up with a ct scan that shows no displaced fractures, well, there still could be a break and you just can't see it on the, on the CT. So then you end up with the MRI anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, you know, you end up needing both. Uh, and that is not because you were the wrong study. It's that they give different information, but uh, just a general rule of thumb. If you don't know there's a break, get the MRI. If you, if you know for sure there's a break and you're trying to see how common it is it or um, how, uh, where does it exactly extend to, uh, like for a calcaneus fracture, for example, then, then you- Right. Talking about surgery, and you've gone over some of this, um, are there some general rules of thumb that we could think about or keep in our wheelhouse when we're seeing these folks? You know, Taylor body, uh, Taylor neck fractures. I mean, those often, again, those are more high energy kind of injuries, um, but, but they often end up with surgery. Um, calcaneal fractures that are um, even if they're comminuted but not significantly displaced on a CT, they might be able to be treated very well without surgery. Um, whereas somebody has depression of, of the joint surface and, and those things, those are more likely going to get surgery. You know, that's often the, what you're thinking about is what does the joint look like? What does the alignment look like? Is the joint 
is it all messed up and it's comminuted, but it's lined up well, then maybe you, you don't fix it. Even though the x-ray looks nasty, you have to think, what are you going to be able to do with surgery? Are you, you, you can't undo the fact that they've injured the joint. So their risk of arthritis, um, post-traumatic arthritis in that joint is there, even if you do fix it perfectly, which you know, mm-hmm. if it's very accommodated, you're not going to be able to do. So some of those, if the foot's aligned well, you might just see how the patient does and, and treat it non-operatively and, and go in later and potentially do something like often be like a fusion in the midfoot. You know, so, so it really just depends, and, and that's where a lot of the subtleties come in. Those are sort of the general ways of thinking about it. Same thing, lateral process of the talus. You know, you can have a little avulsion, and it, and it's not a big deal. But if you think about it, the lateral process of the talus, if it's a decent-sized piece, that's that's really a, a intra-articular injury into the subtalar joint. And uh, that might need to get fixed with a screw or screws. Um, sometimes even using like arthroscopic assisted treatment to stabilize the thing. And um, again, those are uh, injuries that people can walk on it. People can, people can just feel like it wasn't that big of a deal. And then they come and see someone like me six months later and, and lo and behold, they've had a break all along that nobody ever caught and they were told, Oh, it's quote, just a sprain, but really it wasn't um that at all or yeah they had an ankle sprain and they injured their ankle ligaments but they actually had a lateral process of the talus fracture and now it's gone on to a non-union whereas it might have been a lot easier to deal with it earlier so mm-hmm. first you know another thing to try to avoid saying is oh it's just an ankle sprain an ankle sprain is a significant injury even if it is an isolated uh, ligament injury and i know it's all, sort of off topic but definitely something that's related to these foot fractures and and the same mechanism. Um, so you, you want to caution yourself against just saying, oh, it'll be fine, no big deal. I mean, a huge part of my practice now is dealing with primary and uh, or re- recurrent ankle sprains or these or these little fractures that we've been talking about. You know, a lot of morbidity can come from that. Mm-hmm. This is all great stuff. And I, I know you're running short in clinic and I really appreciate you taking the time. But Do you have a case study or something you might share or just, you know, something like the ankle sprains, like things that you see that people miss all the time and, you know, what to look for? I actually saw somebody last week, somebody sprained their ankle and six months ago and and there's just sort of still hurting and, and they were told at the urgent care, the uh, emergency department that nothing was broken and um, here's some, here's a couple exercises, you'll be okay. And, you know, they've, they've been doing exercise at home for six months and trying to get it better and it just keeps swelling and aching and, and now they start to have clicking and feels like it's going to give out and you know they have the osteochondral um not even just an osteochondral lesion but a fracture that mm-hmm. just nobody saw uh on their x-ray and and um you know now it's now it's old and we're talking about fixing it uh or trying to fix it because the patient's pretty young but um Again, those are the thing, reasons, you know, if somebody has a pretty bad injury, even if it's not, like getting somebody follow-up or just giving them the option, say, you know, if something doesn't feel right or you start having clicking, popping, increasing swelling, feeling like it's giving out, you know, you should definitely get in and see somebody. Because um, a lot of times patients are just made to feel like, well, it's fine. They told me it was just a sprain. And, and they feel like there's, they don't want to bother people. They don't want to bother the provider. Um, everything's quote, okay, but it really, it's not necessarily okay. And, and I can't tell you how many times I have 
negative x-ray reports so to speak that aren't negative at all i mean you can see the injury on the on even the initial x-ray and it's not the radiologist's fault it's you know they don't have the patient sitting right there with them and it's, it's different i mean these things are subtle and kind of you don't it, it might see you but you don't see it and, and and you definitely won't see it if you don't know to look for it so you know you don't have to remember every one of these little fractures but i think you do need to remember that they exist and and that um, if something just doesn't seem right, you know, getting more information or at least getting the patient to the to the right provider who does this all the time is is really critical. Right. That's that's really important. And gosh, this is so great. Uh, I'm really enjoying this. As a parting thought, uh, do you have any recommendations for further reading or online resources where our listeners might do some more research or further study? Yeah, the American Orthopedic Foot and Ankle Society has a really good uh, patient education site called footcaremd.com, which is really good, um, even for providers. Um, there's some good resource links and um, exercises, little videos. The uh, Orthopedic Academy, the AAOS Journal, they had a, a really good review article uh, about these little process fractures on the foot and showing some pictures of them. Um, which I think that's, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Dr. Bienz, I really appreciate your time being on the Ortho PAC podcast. Absolutely. Great information. Uh, I know our listeners are going to enjoy this and thank you so much for your time. Of course. Thanks, Sam. Thank you for joining the Ortho PAC podcast. Please visit paos.org where members can purchase virtual CME content. This is accessed by clicking on the CME tab on the title bar following the drop down, which is the Learning Center. For non-members, please visit the aapa.org website for PAOS virtual content. Hey, this is Sam Dyer, the host of the OrthoPAC podcast. I want to give a shout out to all of our listeners. You guys are rocking it for us so far. We have over 1,100 listens in just two weeks. It's just amazing. We couldn't do this without you. Keep listening, and if you like what we're doing, please subscribe and tell others about us. Do you need some CME? Did you know that a current PAOS membership at the mere cost of $125 or $25 for students, you will have access to 18.5 hours of CME now get this, at no charge. That's right, no charge during PA week and throughout the month of October. Visit paos.org to sign up today.